Sunday morning we, we got on this thought about Paul uh, dying to self. And that's just been with my heart and that's just been in my soul. And I just want to continue with that thought tonight. And I, I'm going to be in a lot of different scriptures. I'll tell you where I'm going to go when I get ready to go. But uh, for right now, turn to Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 20. Uh, like I said, Sunday morning we looked at Romans chapter 6. Paul dealt with the thought to the Christians living the life that is crucifying, dying to self. And Paul highlights this thing here in Galatians chapter 2. And he said in verse number 20, he says, I am presently, currently, right now, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight for all that you do, Lord, and, and what you've done in our lives, Lord, and what you've done for this world by sending your Son to die upon the cross. Father, tonight as we look into the words, and this thought has been heavy on my mind, living the crucified life. That's life that's mirroring the image of Christ on the cross. Lord, I pray that you use the words that I need to speak to, to, to prick the hearts of each one tonight. Empty myself and fill me with thy spirit, I do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me say this statement. You realize there's a difference in your position and what happens practically in your life. Positionally, I got in Christ the day that I was born again. And when I got born again, I got into Christ and I got into somebody that was crucified over 2,000 years ago. And not only was he crucified, but on the third day he rose again. So when God put me in Christ that day, I got saved. That's my position as far as God sees us that are saved. I died on the cross 2,000 years ago. I was buried in the tomb with Christ 2,000 years ago. And I rose with Christ on the third day. That old man is dead and the new man has been resurrected. That is my position. We're positionally, that is our position. But practically, I'm not on that cross. I'm standing right here. You're looking at me. We're not crucified. But we're to crucify this flesh on a day-to-day -day basis. Paul said, I die daily. We are to live our lives in a practical state of what our positional state is, and that is death on the cross, crucified, and risen life with Christ. Now look at chapter uh, 9 of Luke. Chapter 9 of Luke. Verse number 23. 
And he said unto them, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. That statement is for every child of God that's sitting here born again. If any man come after me. Now salvation is something God coming after us. But discipleship is us going after God. God came and got you. You cannot be saved unless God calls you, God comes and gets you. But when it comes to discipleship, you are to go and follow Christ. Let Him deny Himself. That's not a very popular term today in which we live in. That's not even popular with Christians today. Denying self. But yet Christ said, take up thy cross daily and follow me. Somehow we have taken the cross as something that we wear instead of something that we bear. Somehow the cross has just become a symbol in the day in which we live in. Uh, you can uh, uh, see athletic sports people, these movie stars, these singers, uh, and you'll see it, uh, a cross hanging around their neck. Uh, you'll see it tattooed on their arm. Uh, it might be tattooed on chest. I know one that's tattooed on their face. And they really don't know what the cross means. Uh, they don't understand the cross. And yet... They'll talk about God and you see them wearing a cross or tattoo a cross on their body and live an ungodly life. I mean, you could see some of these rappers, rappers singing these songs with ungodly lyrics that make the worst of the sailors blush and yet they wear a cross or they got a cross tattooed on them. They don't understand. They don't have a clue what it is. To them it's just an accessory. A piece of jewelry. Or just a cool looking picture. They can be up on the stage singing some ungodly lyrics, living the most ungodly life, and doesn't have a clue what the cross is all about. And yet they're wearing them, they proclaim them. You see them in their houses. But it's not a piece of jewelry, it's not an accessory, it's not something that we wear. The cross is something that we bear. You know what the cross is? The cross is an instrument of execution. I know that we look at the cross and it is a beautiful thing for what was happening, what happened there. But to be realistic, the cross is an instrument of execution. 
We sing the song, At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. And the burdens of my heart were rolled away. But the truth, the cross is not something beautiful. The cross is something that is absolutely horrible. A cross is an instrument that was designed to kill flesh. And we are to die to self daily on the cross. The cross was a symbol of hate. People hated those that were hanging on the cross. Those that were hanging on the cross did not get medals. They didn't come and bring them flowers. They were actually hated. They would walk by and cuss at them. They walked back by them and they hated them while they were on the cross. The cross was an instrument of shame. They were mocked when they were on the cross. I don't think many Christians don't understand this. We are living in a day where Christians are just getting along with the world. They're holding hands with the world and trying to hold hands and cope with the world. The day they want to care, they want to share. They want to just walk around with both hands, one in the hand of God and one in the hand of this world. And yet claim to be crucified with Christ. They hated those that hung on the cross. It was an instrument of shame. And let me just say this. If you think society has changed, it was Jesus' day. This left wing society, if he was here today, this liberal crowd would kill him the day again. They would hang him on the cross one more time. This crowd we got in the White House today, the Senate that loves to kill babies, it is okay to live an immoral life. They have all the stuff in this world they want. And then they will quote the words of Jesus. And act like they are living on somehow moral standards and grounds. But that crowd would kill Jesus again if they had the choice and the opportunity. Many Christians do not want a Christian life that is hated. That is odd to do in this world. They, Christians want to be accepted by the mainstream society that we live in today. And let me just say this as a Christian, as a born again believer, as one washed by the blood. If your life is heading with the mainstream of this world, then you're heading in the wrong direction. If you're not bearing your cross, if you're not bearing your cross in your life, you're going contrary to those that of this world and the mainstream. It's going to be a path. They're going to intercept. They're going to go in the opposite way. You bearing the cross of Jesus Christ is not going with this world. We see the cross as an example. Jesus said, if any man will come out to me, let him deny himself. 
and take up his cross, not once a week, not twice a week, but he said, take up your cross daily and follow me. That's our example tonight. We are to pattern ourselves after him. We are to uh, follow him. We are we're to pick up on our cross daily and deny himself daily. And we are uh, supposed to follow him. So where did exactly Christ go with his cross? John chapter 19. John chapter 19. We're to follow him where he went. He went to a place called death. John chapter 19, verse 17. Jesus takes up his cross daily and follow me. So we're following him to the same place that he went to. Verse 17. And, and he bearing his cross went forth into the place called Skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha. Verse 18 were they crucified him. Our example, our pattern that we'll live our life, take his cross to a place of uh, ultimate sacrifice, then ultimate death, and, and following the, the will of the Father. If you and I are going to follow Christ in this day that we live in, you're going to have to bear your cross to a place where you die to self, where you die to your daily wants, uh, where you will go to a place where it matters in this life tonight, preaching on this thought, being crucified with Christ. Living that crucified life. We can see the example that Christ showed us on the cross. That pattern of being crucified with him. We see Jesus on the cross. There's something that should be consistent with him on the cross and with our lives. If you're going to live a crucified life with Christ, then there's going to be some things that should be synonymous with His death on the cross with our daily lives. Dying daily to self and carrying our cross. Go to the crucifixion of Matthew chapter 27. If you're crucified with Christ, you'll find that there's going to be ridicule and reproach in your life. Hebrews chapter 13, 12 and 13 says, Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate, let us therefore unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. Do you realize that while Christ was on the cross, they ridiculed him? They reproached Christ on the cross. And the servant is not above the Lord. We're not above the Lord. They ridiculed him. They reproached him. Then they're going to do the same with you and I. If you're going to bear your cross, and not just a cross wearer, but a cross bearer, you're going to tote your cross your daily cross, and follow after Jesus. In this world, there are going to be some ridicule 
and reproach in your life tonight. He was ridiculed by his accusation. They ridiculed Jesus while he was on the cross. And it's a picture that you can expect when you side start living for Christ in this world. Verse number 36 of chapter 27 says, And sitting down, they watched him. People are going to watch you. They're going to watch you to see if you are really or what you say you are. Church people are going to watch you to see if you really are what you say you are. Your family is going to watch you to see if they really are what you say. They're just going to sit down and they're going to start looking at you and say, Hey, you say you're born again. You say you're following Christ. You say you love God. I want to see that in your life. They just sat down and watch him. They wanted to see if Christ was going to break on the cross. They watched him to see if he was going to be able to handle the load of carrying the cross. Don't think the world ain't watching you. You don't think they ain't watching you. When you say you are a follower of Christ, they watch you and see if you can bear that load, see if you can follow, you can carry that cross. They're watching you. And any time you stumble and fall, they're going to say, I see, I told you so. Verse 37 said, and railed him on his accusation. They ridiculed him about his accusation. Verse 37. And set up over his head. His accusation was written. This is Jesus. The king of the Jews. Now do you know what we understand. Back the accusation that they wrote upon his head. It was the truth. <laughs> but they meant it as a joke. They meant it to, uh, uh, to say, hey, it's a, it's, a, it's a joke, but we understand tonight that the, what they wrote was actually the truth. He was Jesus. He was the king of Jews. Do you realize people tonight going to rail you with accusations tonight? They, they didn't mean this as a compliment when they wrote this and put it above Jesus. Yeah, they meant it as a joke. Kings don't die on crosses. They thought it was Joe, the king of Jews. They sat around, they seen him, hey, look there, he's got the king of Jews written on his head. Hey, look, ain't that funny stuff. They, they mocked him, they ridiculed him, they reproached him, they, they made fun of him. They thought it was fun to see this happening. But they didn't realize what they were doing. And basically they were ridiculing with his accusation of that he, who he was. They made fun of it. The Bible said they even mocked him. They bowed down to him and said, Hail, King of the Jews. But they didn't mean it in a real way. They meant it in a funny way. But it ain't funny that it, the Bible says every knee and every tongue is going to confess that he's Lord, the Lord, the King of Kings. If you're going to live that crucified life, people are going to mock you. People are going to make fun of you. They don't want to hear what you've got to say. I, I, this, is what, this is what they say. Let's see if this don't sound familiar. Oh, you just think you're better than me. You just don't want to listen to what we listen to. 
You just don't want to go where we go. You just don't like to party like we like to party. Now let me just say this. If you're living that crucified life and when somebody tells you that, you ought to say, yes, you're right, I'm crucified. I don't go there. I don't listen to that. I don't do that. I, I, I'm crucified with Christ. I have set myself aside. We talked about it Sunday being sanctified. I love this. Uh, you used to think you're holy. Anybody ever been accused of being holy? <laughs> you just think you're just holy roll. I mean, you know, call me a holy roll if you want to. Fine. I admit that I am a Christian and I want to live a life for God. But people will use this truth. They will mock you today. They, they will ridicule today. They're going to make fun of you. They will rail you. And they're trying to get you to quit what you're doing tonight. They're trying to get you to quit. They were watching Jesus on the cross and said, Hey, uh, if you're the king of Jews, uh, are you going to be able to handle and bury this load that you got now? You think you're better than us because we do this and you don't do that. I don't think that I'm better than anybody. I think that he died for me, washed me in his blood, saved me, and I'm going to try to give him everything that I can. I don't owe this world nothing. I'm not a debtor to this world. I live in this flesh. Long enough, I, I've done this thing in this flesh long enough. My job now is to live for Him and not this world and not this flesh. I, I want to give Him everything that I can. Everything that I've got tonight. I, I want to live that crucified life daily with Christ. There will be those that uh, 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 put accusation against you. There are going to be those that mock you. There's going to be those that ridicule. There are going to be those that uh, poke at you. There, every one of them is going to come at you. And they did it at Christ. They, they ridiculed him with their animosity. In verse 38. Then were there two thieves crucified with him. One on the right hand and the other on the left. And they passed by and reviled him, wagging their heads. Do you realize a man on the cross, he's being reviled, he's being reproached and ridiculed by this world. There are Christians who think that the Christian life is going to get along walking with this world. If you think your life is going to get along with everybody else in this world, it's not. If you're living a crucified life, if you're walking with Christ and you turn away from this world, your life is going to be ridiculed. They came by and mocked him. You know, I, I believe that Christians have gotten it too easy. When's the last time you stood on the corner and told everybody you met that Jesus saves and Jesus loves? When's the last time you walked into a great big huge crowd and started handing out tracts? We have never done this. We've never done this. 
We don't understand what it is to be riled and mocked and be made fun of it. We don't understand because we don't go to those places. We don't do those things. Here Christ hanging on the cross and they come back wagging their heads and reviling Him and saying all kinds of things. And they hated Him on the cross. If you're going to live a crucified life and you start standing for Jesus and you start telling people about God, you tell them, tell them about Jesus saves, they're going to point their finger. I've been, let me tell you, I've had guns pulled on me. I've had beer thrown at me. I've had dogs sicked on me because, hey, they just don't want to hear that Jesus saves. Amen. It'll get you downhearted to get you where you don't want to go out. But you know what? Our job is to go out and tell people that He saves. He saves. There's, never, there's some that has never been bold enough to stand up for Jesus. Somewhere along in this world, they have come together. Those in this world hate God. And they hate anybody that stands with Him. When you start handing out tracts and you start telling people about Jesus, you don't take you long to find out what they think about Him. I found out this world does not love my Savior. They don't love Him. But it's my job to go out and tell them about Him. And if you're going to live for Christ and carry your cross, you're going to be ridiculed and reproached. I have found that too many Christians have lived a sheltered life. You want to know why too many... Christians want to have a crucified life because they don't want to be ridiculed. They don't want to live the life because they don't want people to mock them. They don't want to live the life because they don't want to be hated. They don't want to live this type of life. I find that some Christians have fear of the world more than they have fear of God. They have fear of rejection more than fear of standing before God and being cast in the lake of fire. A sheltered life. If you're crucified with Christ, there must be some restraint on your part. There's reproach and there's from this world in part, there should be restraint on your part. The cross requires it. If you're going to live this crucified life, it requires freshly restraint daily. And Jesus shows us the pattern. He shows us the restraint in his ability in verse number 40. And saying, Thou that destroyeth the temple and buildest in three days, save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, also the chief priests mocked him with the scribes and the elders, saying, He saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe him. 
You see what they're trying to do to him. They're trying to get him to come down from the cross, come down from the place of death. They want him to come down to the place that will uh, show that he's God in life. Now, don't miss it. He could have come down. He could have come down. He's God. It was not the nails that kept him on the cross. That's God hanging on that cross. He created the tree that they hung him to. And if he wanted to, he could have called down uh, uh, legions of angels. He could have done that. He rolled the, the tomb, uh, stone away from the tomb. He could have easily came down from this cross. But he shouldn't have. And he didn't. It was the will of the Father for him to stay on the cross. They were trying to get him to prove his ability as Son of God. To come down from his cross. He said, what does all this have to do with me? Living that crucified life, the world will do the same thing to you. If you're living the crucified life, trying to crucify the affections of this world, the lust of the flesh, and trying to cleanse yourself, uh, Paul said, from the filthiness of the flesh and the spirit. I'm telling you, this is what the world will do. They'll prove to us somehow, how much Christian liberty do you have? Let me see how much ability you have. You say you got freedom in Christ. You say you have liberty in Christ. Won't you just go ahead and prove that to me? Why can't you do this? Why can't you drink that? Why can't you say this? Easily because I'm crucified. I can't. There's some things in my Christian life that I can do, but I don't do. The Bible said all things are lawful for me, but all things are not profitable. Today's Christians are trying to see how much liberty they have in Christ. They're trying to find out how much liberty. What can I do to get by in this world and still have Christ and still have the pleasures of this world? They're trying to... Get Use one against the other. Instead of dying themselves on the cross and saying, I might give up some things, I'd rather bring him glory. Jesus was showing strength, and the Christian life is all about showing restraint. Paul said this, but I keep under my body and bring it, it unto subjection. Christians today have no restraint. They live the life of a Christian life and the life of a sinner bound up in one. And to live that crucified life, there's got to be restraint in your life every day. It cannot just come on Sunday morning. It has to be throughout daily, day after day after day. There must be restraint in your life. Margaret, Margaret Sangster, she had a burden for kids. 
In the early 1900s, she was uh, going to hospitals, and she had a bird for this kid. She came into contact with this 14-year-old kid, and, and he was in a wheelchair. He couldn't walk, and, and something the Lord just laid on the heart to just uh, reach out and, and help this boy. And she went to, and the, she talked to the doctors. The doctor says, well, there's an experimental surgery that we could do that could help him. He might be able to walk. And that time, it was experimental. Today, it's just quick like that. But that time it was experimental, so, but it, it said it's going to cost thousands of dollars and, and nobody has it. So she went around to businessmen, all these businessmen started raising money. And finally she got, came up and said, here's the money, let's do the surgery. So they done the surgery on the board and by the time the boy was 18 years old, he was able to walk and run. She was standing in front of a ladies crowd one time talking to him, and she was telling them that story. And when she got finished telling the story, she looked at him and says, where do you think that boy is at today? Somebody shot him. I know what he is. He's a doctor today because of what happened to him. He went to doctor today. One of them stood up and says, no, I think he's a lawyer. He's out there helping people with lawyer. One of them stood up and says, no, I think he's in the military, serving his country proudly, serving the red, white, and blue, and probably the murder said, none of those. She says, you want to know where that boy is at today? He said, yeah. He's in prison with a life sentence. He was hanging out with a crowd of people he should have not been hanging out with and got in trouble. She says, you know what the problem is? And this is the problem with Christians. We taught him how to walk, but we didn't teach him where to walk at. See, the problem with Christians today, when they come and get saved, they come and they, they give the life to God and say, hey, I'm saved, I want to serve God, I'm going to give everything to God, I, I'm just going to live for God. But we don't teach them how to walk and where to walk at. He also had restraint in his anger. Boy, ain't that something we should talk about, anger? Christians have anger? Well, the Bible said anger and sin not. We, we got that verse down, quote, Pat, don't we? I bet you every Christian in this world can quote that without a problem. Anger and sin not. We've got that part down good. We Anger and sin, but we don't got the sin not part. You blow your top, don't you? Boy, you just want to reach out and touch somebody in a loving way, don't you? <laughs> We've got that part. He, he, he said, you ought to have restraint in your anger. Look, he said, Peter took off his sword and cut off this fellow's ear. And Jesus said, put up your sword again. Matthew 26, 53 said this, Thinkest thou that I, can, I cannot now pray to my Father, and he shall presently give me more than 12,000 legions of angels. Jesus restrained his anger. Do you think it made him mad every time they walked up to him and slapped him, spit on him, mocked him? I'm sure it did, but he showed restraint. If you're going to live this crucified life, you've got to get a place in your life but this business of getting even is over with. 
I'm going to do to you what you've done to me, and I'm going to do it to you more. You've got to get over it. You've got to get to the place where you get beyond that. 1 Peter 2 says, For every hereunto where you call, because Christ also suffered was, leaving us an example that he should follow his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who, was, who he was reviled and reviled not against. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. When he got smacked, he didn't smack back. When he got cussed, he didn't cuss back. When he got ridiculed, he didn't ridicule back. He said, I am as a lamb led to the slaughter, and as a sheep before his shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He said, I'm going to commit the judgment into thy hands, Father, thy hands. If you're going to live this crucified life, you've got to get to the point of restraint, of anger in your life. When somebody does you wrong, you don't go and do them wrong. That's, that's a tough one for me. You do me wrong, I'm, I'm, boy, if I ain't reaching for my gun, I'm reaching for my bat. It's just, that's, that's tough. That's the hardest one for me. There was also reviling. The cross will reveal some things about you. The cross will reveal the attitudes about Christ. When you study the cross, you look at the cross and study the cross, you'll find that all, all nine fruits of the Spirit that is found in Galatians chapter 5, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance, you'll find all five of those on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, all nine of those fruits of the Spirit was evidence in His life. Love, no greater love than man to lay down his life his friends joy for the joy that was set before him to endure the cross despising the shame and yet set down at the right hand of the throne of the god peace as a lamb to the slaughter and a sheep before the shears is dumb and yet he had peace with the lord long suffering he hung there and said father forgive them they know not what they do Gentleness, no man take it from me. He says, no man takes my life, but I lay it down myself. I have the power to, to lay it down. I have the power to take it up. Goodness. He was good to the thief on the cross that was beside him. Faith, he said, Father, in thy hands I commit thy spirit. Meekness. Meekness is strength under control. He had all power, yet... He restrained it. Temperance. The Bible said that they put vinegar and gall to his mouth. And that was a drink to give them to numb the pain and the suffering. And they would take it and more and more. But when Jesus tasted it, the Bible said he would not receive it. There is going to be some revealing in our lives. There was a revealing in his mission. The Bible said that when he was hanging on the cross, a centurion, a guard, standing there, looked and hanged him on a cross, and it revealed, said, This is 
This man is the son of God. The world might not appreciate someone dying on a cross, but there are those that someday will appreciate you dying on a cross. The world will stand around and mock you and laugh and, and make fun of you because you want to live this crucified life, but there are some that go, hmm, there's something about that woman, there's something about that man that's different from this world. There are those that will appreciate you living that crucified life. But there will be those that don't. Let me finish with this. Crucified means having regards for others. You realize when you're on the cross, when you crucify your flesh, self is out of the picture then. It's no longer about you. It ain't about self no more. It's all about somebody else. He had regards for the thief that was on the cross. He was a sinner, and yet Jesus, hanging on the cross, took time to help him. And the Bible says both thieves cursed him. But one had a change of heart. One had a change of heart. And Jesus said, today thou shalt be with me today in paradise. If you're going to live a real crucified life, listen, if you're going to live this real crucified life, it will be with the regards of sinners, those that are gone astray out in this world. This is not all it is. If all we do is come and sit and listen and worship and never go out and tell the world, never go out and share the gospel with everybody else what we've heard and what we've learned of God and show the people the love of God, a real crucified life. God helps us to get outside these four walls and tell the world that Christ still saves. Uh, go tell sinners that there's a God in heaven that still loves you, that'll bring you in, that there's grace that'll still forgive you. And that is our job to go out and tell this world through a crucified life. Jesus had regard for those that was around him that was sinners, and also he had regard for those that were abiding. Those that were abiding around the cross, when he looked around the cross, those that loved him, his mother was there and the disciples were there. And when he saw his mother, this woman, behold thy son. And he's talking about John. Then he saw John said, behold thy mother. And that day John took her home with him and stayed with him. A real crucified life cares about disciples of Jesus Christ and the family of God. It cares about them. A real crucified life loves the church. I don't mean this building, but I mean the assembly. The assembly. The Bible says do good to all men but especially to those of the household of faith. Living a crucified life. Paul 
showed us so much in his writings that we've got to deny ourselves. We have to, loot, we have to live this life. And Christ was saying this, pick up thy cross daily and follow after me. Then we know what a crucified life is. We need to start living that life. You've got to get rid of the world around you and start embracing the things of God in your life if you're going to live that crucified life. If not, you can still walk with the world, have fun with the world, but there will be coming a day. There's coming a day. All fun is over with. I imagine if we could roll back, pull back and see those who are in hell right now and they could tell you one thing, they'll tell you, hell is real. Hell is real. I know these movies, they make it look like it's just a fun place to be, great place, but that's not hell. That's movies. But we can live this crucified life. Can I say this? We'll, we'll go. We'll go. There's changes coming in this world. There's changes coming. And far as I know, I cannot change one of them. As far as I know, y'all can't change them either. It's God. And if God is the one that can change the events that's happening, shouldn't you want to serve Him more than this world? Shouldn't you want to just say, hey, I just want to give everything to God. And you can in a crucified life. Get up in the morning, God crucified Jimmy because he needs it.